Hello, 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 my friends. Welcome to the Unblocked Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Smarrow. I hope this finds you all very, very well. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to get right into this today. I want to talk with you all about our image of the quote-unquote ideal and how that can get in the way of us enjoying the incredible success, value, health, abundance, connections, and love that we already have in our lives. So I want you to kind of pause for a second and ask yourself, what comes to mind when you think about your ideal life? in the areas of health, body, business, relationship, or whatever else comes up for you, right? I want you to tune in and notice how does it feel, right? Like actually drop into your body and notice how does it feel when you think about the ideal? Is it excitement, joy, ecstasy, bliss, enthusiasm, or do you feel when you think about the ideal version of any part of your life, does it bring up a feeling of longing or yearning or fear and anxiety or lack, frustration, deprivation? Just sort of tune in and notice because today we're going to explore what happens when we get hyper-focused and caught up on the quote-unquote ideal. When we have these perceived ideals and it, it may come up in several areas of your life, right? We just mentioned a few. And one way it shows up is how we have expectations or how we want other people to act, right? Think about the expectations of other human behavior that you have in your life. This can include your kids, your spouse, your boss, coworker, employees, friends, politicians, drivers on 35 South, right? <laughs> and even ourselves. We are often frustrated and disappointed when we measure ourselves and other people and their behavior against our ideal, and we're frustrated and disappointed when they fall short of that ideal. And one of the areas I mentioned earlier where the ideal sort of rears its ugly head is with our bodies. And I think it's worth discussing because if you are a human listening to this, especially if you're a human who's raised in the Western culture, you likely have an ideal version of how your body is supposed to look. Now, for me, it was always about thigh gap, <laughs> like maybe not thigh gap exactly, but definitely like the lack of thigh rub and friction. Like I have like this ideal version and truly I have a lot of arguments like who is in charge of the design department here, right? Like if legs were meant for movement, shouldn't we eliminate or at least greatly reduce the amount of friction happening? Like thigh rub seems like a barrier to walking and running, especially if you want to wear shorts or a dress. Also, side note here, it makes it seem very difficult to do things like tree pose in in yoga. We have my yogis out there, Rikshasana. Like, bless my big-hearted, sinew-bodied yoga teacher who I, like, in all seriousness, you guys, I asked her, like, I called her over. I'm like, will you take a look at the amount of flesh and adipose on my legs and give me an honest assessment? of whether or not I could ever, in fact, do a full pre, uh, tree pose, right? Like, is that possible with these tree trunk of legs that I have? You guys, like, just bless, right? Bless the poor yogi who was, she was like, um, I think it has more to do with, like, core strength and thigh strength and, like, your hip flexor mobility, right? All of this. And honestly, in my mind, I was like, like, my inner dumb and dumber character was excitedly reciting, like, so you're telling me there's a chance, 
But anyway, I digress. Like kind of back to my point. But but actually, there's a point there, and that this is the rabbit hole that our minds can go down. Right? I just gave you an example of the rabbit hole that my mind can go down when I'm thinking about the ideal version of something, and this is just a body part, right? But see what that gets for me. Right? If I go down that rabbit hole of it's supposed to be this way and I'm thinking about how all the ways that it doesn't measure up to this ideal and all of the problems that creates for me, then what am I going to get? Like probably disappointment, frustration, maybe it even starts to go into shame if I think it's supposed to be this way, but it's not. So there must be something wrong with me. Like laud, right? This is what happens with an unmanaged mind. And this is what happens when we get focusing, when we get, again, hyper-focused on the ideal rather than focusing on what is. Okay, if we go back to the leg exa- example, please uh, entertain me for a moment. We're going to go back to the leg example. Like if I can see the what is, then I can really pay attention to like, I have strong legs that allow me to walk up and down the street. I can run and walk. Like despite all my complaints about friction, I can indeed walk and run with the proper amount of fabric and chub rub or glide. Like if you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, These legs also like they allow me to like if I think through experiences, like they allow me to run through the water on the beach line, right? Or jump into my beloved's arms, right? And maybe even wrap my legs around him like a koala bear if I'm really excited to see him. Like, forgive me if that's TMI, but they also allow me to play pickleball, hike, do yoga, maybe even including full tree pose someday, right? They allow me to do daily tasks, such as squatting down to grab something out of the cabinet, climb up the stairs, stand at my desk, take my dog for a walk, right? With this focus, I can experience appreciation and gratitude or maybe even love. Like this is the art of wanting what we have rather than chasing the ideal, and to this point, I'm going to quote Greg McCune, the author of, the author of um, Essentialism and Effortless. And he said, if you focus on what you lack, you lose what you have. If you focus on what you have, you will gain what you lack. And this was actually, um, I have a timely example because this happened just this morning. Um, my husband got home yesterday, which was a Saturday, and he got home late in the afternoon from being gone on a week-long business trip. I think he was gone for a week. Um, and the plan was that we would have some quality time together Saturday evening after he got home. We'd have some time in the evening on Sunday after he plays golf. If anyone knows my husband, we know that this must be an essential part of his homecoming is that there is a round of golf played. And then we would have time together on Monday evening after work and before he leaves for his trip on Tuesday morning. Well, Sunday morning, he received this morning, right? He receives a reminder to check in for his flight that leaves tomorrow, Monday at 5 a.m., not Tuesday. So if anyone is like calculating math here, this is playing out to him being home for about 36 hours in total. And here's where good old Greg's words come in handy. If I focus on the quote unquote lost time, I'll miss out on enjoying the few hours that we do have together. Or I can look back on the fun and quality connection time that we had after he got home yesterday. And I can make the most out of the handful of hours that we'll have together tonight. 
But play out what happens when we get stuck focused on the ideal or what was supposed to have happened. If I stayed sad, disappointed, frustration, or frustrated, or resentful, thinking I've been robbed of our time together, we should have more time, he should skip golf, so on and so on. I could stay, I could, I could take away my ability to stay present. I would take away my ability to enjoy and make the most out of the time that we do have together. And think about how often we get sucked into this, right? Or we get pulled into all or nothing thinking. Like if, if I can't have the ideal version, if I can't have the totality of it, then I give up right? If I can't have the whole time that we were supposed to spend together, right? If I can't have the whole time I was supposed to have with my hubby, then I'm going to shut down, pout, and not have the time together that we do actually have or the time together that we could have. So think about other ways that this rigid thinking gets in the way of life. Like if I can't do a full 30 minutes of cardio because I only have 15, that I 15 minutes in my morning, then I, I don't do any at all, right? If I can't get my ideal seats at my favorite concert, then I won't go at all, right? So what comes to mind? Like what are some recent examples where this might've come up for you? Like what did you miss out on because you couldn't have the full or the ideal version? Let's use the cardio example for a minute because it's quantifiable and math is fun. Like, yeah, yes, I said it. Like, this is my podcast and I can nerd out on numbers if I want. So let's run the numbers. Let's say your goal is to do 30 minutes of cardio five days a week. That's a total of 150 minutes a week. But this week, your schedule only allows for 15 minutes, right? So 15 minutes times five days, that's a total of 50 minutes a week. Like, yes, I know I probably deserve some type of award from a math skills here. Um, but let's then layer in our all or nothing or idealistic thinking that says, if I can't do a full 30 minutes, then I'm going to do nothing, right? Zero times five days gives us zero minutes, y'all. But if we'd done 15 minutes instead of the ideal 30, we could look back at the week and see that we are 75 minutes into our 150-minute goal for the week. Or we can look back and see that we are zero minutes into our 150-minute goal for the week. Right? This is where perfectionistic thinking can get us stuck. Rather than getting started and getting closer to our goal, we don't even start. Right? We have these big, hairy, audacious goals, and we don't even try because it seems impossible. We don't think we can do the ideal, so we don't want any version of it. Now, because we are, have become mathematicians during this podcast episode, let's use another quantifiable example to illustrate this. Like, think about um, a revenue goal. Like, say you you want to you have you set a goal of creating a hundred or three hundred thousand dollars in your in business revenue this year, but you have no idea and you don't even know like how you would go about doing that, so you don't even try. Or you can go all in, brainstorm ideas. Choose one possible idea at a time, see if it works, test it out, make adjustments as you go based on the feedback and see if it's effective. So you go ham and you hit 150K for the year. Now that's only 50% of your goal, but are you mad about it? Right? Like we have a choice here and this is a really important noteworthy choice. We can fall into one of two camps. 
We can be the person who is standing at $150,000, looking at the goal of $300,000 and seeing the $150,000 gap between where we are and the ideal of where we wanted to be. Or we can be a person who is standing at 150K and looks back at the starting point of $0 and sees all of the growth, the gains, the wins, and the lessons that got us from zero to 150, right? So which camp are you in? Just ask yourself, like, wh- and there's no right or wrong, but which camp do you find yourself in? And then you can ask yourself, do you like your reasons for being in that camp, right? Because here's the thing, about the ideal or the perfect. It can be a life stealer. It can be a dream stealer, a joy stealer. The ideal can be a prison maker. But here's the good news. Like we hold the key to release ourselves from the prison because it is of our own making. Like we cannot control what happens out there in the world, but we can decide what we make it mean. That is the key. We can take back the ideal. We can decide what to make it all mean. Is it playing out exactly how we had hoped or imagined? We can lose out on life looking at the gap between what is and what we hoped it would be. Or we can allow what is. We can look for the beauty or the lesson. Like it, maybe it isn't exactly what I imagined or hope, but it's happening. So I guess it was meant to happen because it is. Right. So allow me to wax philosophical for a moment by sharing a quote from the text, A Course in Miracles. And it says, what could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events past, present and to come are gently planned by the one whose only purpose is your good. Through this lens, like we might start seeing things like we might start seeing like events, people, circumstances and the version of how of life that shows up is for us, right? Instead of this idea that life is happening to me, like life is happening for me. And that mental shift, while seemingly subtle in phrase, is profound from a liberation perspective. That subtle shift is the turn of the key and the opening of the jail cell. So here I will dutifully insert a highly quoted, um, highly quoted words of Viktor Frankl when he said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So how do you, like, what do you, how do you want to respond? What do you choose to make it mean? Like, were, were we robbed of some idyllic version of life? Or is it exactly what is needed for my individualized life curriculum? You decide. Now, if you are hearing all this and you're like, I am ready to free myself from the tyranny of the ideal, and you feel like you need a little support in making that happen, I got you. Let's set up a time to chat. You can go over to jessicasmorrow.com, send me a message. We'll set up a time. Also, if you haven't gotten your copy of the free digital unblocked journal, I'll put the link in the show notes so you can access it, so that you can have the link to access it. Or you can always go to jessicasmorrow.com and send me a message letting me know you would like your free copy. This journal is a great way to increase awareness of where you might be getting caught up in this quote unquote ideal and be missing out on the incredible that is already happening in your life. 
And another thing, if you think that what was talked about today is important and might be useful for a friend, a neighbor, a loved one, or a complete stranger, feel free to share it widely and be sure to subscribe if you haven't already so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, my friends, stay open, stay free.